When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Calling all Stu's Wrestling Podcast fans. This is your opportunity to help out Stu. Vote for Stu's Wrestling Podcast in the BBC Sounds Listener's Choice Awards. Head to www.britishpodcastawards.com. The winner will be announced on Saturday, the 11th of July, 2020, at the British Podcast Awards. Don't forget to smack down a vote for Stu's Wrestling Podcast before midday, 6th of July. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast, established 2019. Direct from the North Wales coast, his verbal skills definitely outweigh his wrestling ability. It's time for British Wrestling's sharpshooter, your host, Stu Palmer. Warm welcome, this is episode 35 with Shah Samuels, still on the UK train and uh, just before I introduce the episode I want to say thank you to everyone for listening and watching across all the platforms, especially Apple, we're consistently hitting the top 50, now we were 38th last week at peak, we've hit 41st today with Ricky Knight Jr's episode. So an absolutely heartfelt thank you to all the listeners and viewers, all the followers across social media, wherever you get us and wherever you're listening and viewing, thank you very, very much. Really appreciate it. Right, back to Shaw Samuels, episode 35. Shaw's been around the business for many, many years. Colourful character, absolute great, great guys. We'll see, we had a great time on this one. Shaw's been on the UK scene and the European scene for many, many years. So obviously we're going to hear about how it was years ago through the tough times in the business. 
it does allude to the fact that they were getting booked, but obviously the way the business is now, and obviously so many places to work for the guys, especially for young guys. He talks about his favourite guys on the scene at the moment. He talks about when he first started watching wrestling. We hit a myriad of topics. What a pleasure it was to get him on. So here we are, the East End Butcher, Shaw Samuels, episode 35. Enjoy. Right, my guest for Stu's Wrestling Podcast, and we are back in the UK. We are going down safe. Down south, you mug. Well, technically east. <laughs> okay, yeah, like the east. It is the East End Butcher, Shaw Samuels. What a pleasure hey, to get you, you on, right, mate. Good. What a pleasure to get you on, man. I tell you. I oh, appreciate that. Thanks I've for having me. I've been a big fan of yours. Enjoying, I'm enjoying, like, I never usually do podcasts, right? I've done a handful in my, my, my time, and, and I wasn't going to, I've had so many like, requests to do them. Like, because of lockdown. I was like, nah, nah, I'm just going to stay out of resting. I'm not going to do anything. I don't want to, uh, I'm just going to stand, stand back and not get, not just have a break from everything. And then I did, because Grado does a podcast called Resting Daft. And he had me on last, the other week, I think it was a couple weeks ago. And we had a good time. And as, as soon as I finished recording it, you messaged me. <laughs> but, right, so, you know, and I was like, I had such a good time yeah. doing that. And you were like, I'm not joking. Within like five minutes of me recording, um, Resting Dar for Grado, and we had a great chat. And I was like, I, I might as well do some more of these podcasts. You messed me within five minutes. It's like maybe it's meant to be. Do you know what? So I was like, yeah, I'll do it, mate. And we had a chat about it, and I thought, you know, I'm gonna do it. You know, you know yeah. what, mate? It is. I think it's just right, right place, right time. You know, with everything. I, mean, I doubt I would like. I'll be honest, like, I'm not really one to do do podcasts, but I reckon I had such a good time there. I'll be honest with you. Maybe if you, if I didn't do that podcast, I maybe wouldn't have done. You know, but I'm happy to be here. And I appreciate you having me, mate. Really do. I've been a big fan of yours for, for like from afar for many, many years, mate. Oh, really, really appreciate what you've that. done, what you've done for the UK scene, especially oh, when it was on its arse. Obviously, I've heard a lot. You know, it was on its yes, arse. It was. It was. Yeah, it wasn't a when we all started. Was, I mean, there's a, a the core group of us back then. Like, it wasn't. There wasn't really nothing to aim for. Being honest, like WWE was unless you look like someone like Drew. Or Seamus, you ain't leaving, you ain't going there, right? That was the consensus. We was like, fair enough. And there was no, no really, not a big promotion here to aim for, really. Like, yeah, you could, there was a lot of work. You had holiday camps, you had all-star wrestling, you had all this great, you had all this work, but nothing that could get you on such a worldwide stage to aim for. But we didn't, it didn't matter to us. We wanted to make a credible UK scene again because we had a great scene um, many, many years ago when it was on ITV, the original world of sport and stuff. And we didn't have a scene here to be proud of. Like, being honest with you, it fell on its ass, didn't it? But we all worked hard. We just wanted a credible scene, and we got that. And there was, look at all the stuff that came up. I remember mean, about 2014, 2016. You had Progress Wrestling, you had Rev Pro, you had ICW, um, even PSW. There were so many great promotions, like, and everyone went to come here and wrestle. And off the back of that, it kind of got popular with people. It's cool to go to a wrestling show. And then you had ITV's like, right, let's bring, let's bring World of Sport back. Then you had WWE, let's put a brand here, let's make NXT UK here. All because of the hard work. I'm not saying it's all down to us, but it's, it's everyone, you know? Yeah, of course. Everyone, yeah. From the fans, uh, uh, the people backstage, referee, everyone to give collective effort made this scene special. So it's something I'm proud of, considering where it was. So I reckon we're, we're such a stable wrestling community now. I think we've got nothing to worry about. Even this COVID-19 is not going to kill the scene here. We're going to be fine. Sure. I want to scoot way back now, right? Oh, see if I can remember. I'm old and grey now. You notice I'm grey? 
So let's see if I can remember. <laughs> you've got a family. You've got a family in that, man. That, that's probably partly... Yeah, see, I ain't got to worry about my looks anymore. <laughs> <laughs> when did you first begin watching wrestling? I always open with it. Um, my first memory of wrestling, right, it was Earthquake squashing Hulk Hogan. Right, on, 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 I sat around my uncles. He had Sky. I didn't have Sky. So I go around my uncles and he had wrestling. So all the... All the boys would go round there, all the cousins would go round. Oh, he's got let's watch wrestling. Because wrestling was huge, but it was very hard to watch it, right? So I'm, I'll never forget seeing the earthquake seal on Hulk Hogan on the Superstars or something. So that was my first um, foray into wrestling, and I've not stopped watching it since. Even when it wasn't cool to watch it, I watched it. You know, stuck with it, loved it. I feel you. Never. I feel you on that one, man. I've just kept yeah. from 1990 onwards. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, it's about five. <laughs> It's oh. mad, isn't it? It's mad to think how long we've been watching it, and you obviously, yeah. you obviously partaking that in it professionally. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a funny story. I got into it actually by luck, chance, right? Um, I don't know if that's going to be one of your questions. How I got into training, right? So I might as well transition into that now. I mean, if you want to hear how I became, how I trained to become a wrestler was I saw someone with a rock tattoo in my sixth form college. He had a rock tattoo here. So he liked wrestling, right? So I was, I was going to talk to him about wrestling. I was like, oh, do you, I, I can see you're a wrestling fan. You like The Rock. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm trained to be a wrestler as well. What, what do you mean trained to be a wrestler? There's training schools here. What do, you mean, what do you mean? We can train to become a wrestler. So it wasn't for me seeing that guy have a rock tattoo and he, he took me to the training school. I wouldn't be doing this now. That's crazy. It's mad. It's mad to think, yeah. man. Who, just going back, I want to scoot back a bit again. Who, yeah. who did you grab it? Who pulled you in? You said about Earthquake Hogan. Which which guys? But I've always I've always been the whoever was on top was the guy. Like I've never been the guy to be like I, I always cheered the top baby faces. So it was Hogan, then it was Bret Hart, then it was Diesel, big fan of Diesel, Shawn Michaels, Steve Austin, The Rock. They're the, all the, all in that order. As you can see, they were the top guys. So always they're the guys I gravitated towards. But I mean Hogan, Hogan was a huge. Like now I can appreciate it being a wrestler, but you look like as a kid, the reason you liked him, you see this big mountain of a man getting beaten up and he made you care. Like he, he had no shame. He, he'd take a beating and you cared about him, you know? He's this big man, but he, he didn't matter because he, he, he drew you in with his selling. It's beautiful, you know? Which, then you, which events? Sorry, Shaw, what are you going to say? I was going to say, then it was like Bret Hart. He had the smaller guys, Bret Hart. Oh, man. Yeah, Bret Hart was just like, like you cared about him so much. Then, there's only a big guy like Diesel would be on the screen, and he was cool, cool as fuck. I, mean, I can swear, right? He was cool as fuck. Say, Daddy. say what you like, Shaw. You can swear. <laughs> expletives. You can do your expletives yeah. on this show, pal. Don't good, you worry. Good, good who, um, which guys do you think could have bared fruit who, who didn't get, like, say, the Intercontinental title or the world title in the 90s? Which guys do you think should have gone further than they did? Well, I think it's. Um, I don't know. I think back then, I think championships meant different things. Like now, championships, they're treated as real championships. Like everyone like shows off to have a championship. They parade all their belts and stuff. I mean, back then, it was like, it's not about championships. It's about, it's about, it's about getting people in the venue. And like, so yeah, Jake Roberts, like people say he should have been intercontinental champion. Uh, people say Roddy Piper should have been world champion. But I think if you, it wouldn't have added anything different because people still paid their money. It's a different mentality. I reckon if they were around now, they've got all the belts. Jake Roberts would have been like a 10-time world champion. Roddy Piper would have won all the belts. Um, but I think it's just um, 
back then the belts didn't mean as much. I mean, they, they meant a lot more, but I'm talking in, in the sense of people feel like you need a belt to be a good wrestler. Whereas it's like the best wrestlers didn't need the belts, if that makes sense. So, but I would say people are surprised Jake Robertson won a belt. I mean, that's a big one for me, Jake Robertson. Oh, yeah. Character, character driven though, Shaw. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Like, characters didn't need it. Um, Million Dollar Man didn't need it. No. No, he didn't need it. Um, Mr. Perfect should have been world champion if you look at this kind of stuff. And he was never world champion, you know? So, I just reckon it was just, the guys were so big and larger than life. They didn't need championships to make them seem like stars. Was, and it's not a knock on what wrestling is now. I just reckon, it's, I reckon the, the, the culture of wrestling there wasn't, they weren't fans. They were businessmen, whereas we're all fans. We got into the business. So when we win a championship, we're all proud. Like, so it's, an, it's an accomplishment. Does that make sense? Of course. It, hey, no, that's clear, yeah. man. No, that's well, yeah. well explained. And yeah, absolutely. Which pay-per-views and events stood out for you on the wrestling calendar? Uh, always Royal Rumble, always Royal Rumble, and Survivor Series. I was always a big fan as a kid. Of, I love the like, I love the, the gimmicks is in like the four on four, or the five on five, or the Royal Rumble match. I mean, I, I could watch wrestling matches all day long, but they were so special and unique. Them cards, the Royal Rumble and the Survivor Series, because they were unique. That had um, and in the King of the Ring tournament, cause it was a tournament because they had gimmicks running through the whole show. It was something that was they were they were special for me growing up. That's cool. That's cool. Right. Back to you a bit now. I know yeah. you've obviously skirted around it a little bit about the origins and you start in yeah. your career. When did training begin and where did you train? Uh, 2002. It started March. No, was it March 2002? No, February 2002. Um, and it was Dropkicks Wrestling Academy in Perfect, which was run by uh, Frank Reimer and Tony Scarlo. Tony Scarlo was a legendary world of sport wrestler. And Frank Reimer, I think, was, wasn't like a bit, he never worked on TV, but he was a wrestler. And they had um, a lot of great uh, coaches from the world of sport era that came down. You had Steve Gray, Mal Sanders, uh, Mel Stewart, um, who else do you have? Um, Wayne Bridges, I think, recently passed away, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, Terrible. Um, he, he took quite a few um, uh, seminars for us. I mean, and these were all like, as in actual old men, like who have lived and been around the business for 30, 40 years. But I think that's a privilege learning from guys like that. I mean, so that was, that was a good take. I was lucky in that respect. But then it, from there, after, because you needed to learn from younger guys. I learned from like Greg Burridge, like, because it'd be easy, even though he was only a year in more than me, that one year, he'd worked so much. So looked up to him. Yeah, Alex Shane, another oh, guy. Love for he had, he had the FWA, so he knew what he was talking about. He's another guy I learned from. Then, obviously, you learn from all the, bo- the boys you're training with. So, I'm training. These are the people I tra- all trained with. And, like, Marty Stone wrestler was Danny Birch. Marty Skull, um, obviously, Ed Burridge. Um, who else? Um, I, don't, I don't even know Terry Fraser. He's another great, great wrestler. Paul Robinson. Um, I mean, just then, then like, we all learned from each other. So, we all trained together doing shows together, we're all learning from each other. So I'm picking stuff up from them, they're picking stuff up from me. So that, that all counts as well. That's good. It's a good, good array, good array of names there from the good. scene. Uh, good, I was going to say, like, who, who did you learn the most from training? I know you've touched upon it. Yeah, I mean, people, but you learn more by doing shows and trial and error. So, like I said, as we're, right, this is the thing now, there's a lot of pressure on the guys that are new to wrestling now because the shows are a bigger standard 
and there's more eyes on them. So if you fuck up and make a mistake, there's going to be a bigger backlash, right? Whereas you can do shows when the seamers and there's says 50, 60 people in the crowd, I can try something out. And if, it, if it's a success, I can put that in my repertoire and carry that, carry that on going forward. Where if it fucks up, no one knows. So it's, I can have a lot more trial and error. So we're, every weekend we're resting, Friday, Saturday, or whatever, they're not a lot of, they're rarely a big show with any internet presence or anything, anything gets out. So we're trying all stuff, we're trying stuff out as well. So we're learning on the job kind of thing, which is very hard to do now because every show has got Twitter feeds, GIFs, an on-demand service. There's eyes on them. So it's hard for trial and error, yeah. if that makes sense. So like, we learned on the shows as well. Yeah. It was a perfect time for you, wasn't it, then, by it's, the sounds it's all, of it? It's all that stuff. Because we're constantly thinking of stuff. What will get over? What will make it? What will improve the show? What will improve me as a, as a wrestler? All this thought going into us elevated the scene. So it's, it was really important. I mean, you've got to think about all the guys as well. So that was just our little crew of guys, the guys I mentioned yeah. that came out of drop kicks. And you had the Midlands boys, Spud. We've Drake oh, Maverick, you know, Dave Mastiff, you know, guys like that. Jack Storm, I don't know if you met, he's another phenomenal wrestler. Uh, Luke Phoenix, I mean, he's not around anymore. Then you have Yeston Reese. Um, well, there's so many names I'm trying to think in my head. But it comes coming to blank now, but there's so many guys <laughs> that were. T-Bone, another guy was. Oh, man. Yeah. What, what, Big yeah. Man. Rampage Brown, fuck the, the oh, guy, gonna, that guy. We've is, got to have Rampage in there, man. Yeah, oh. Rampage is the best. Right, Rampage, to, to me, to this day, is the best. I look up to him. All the boys look up to him. You know, I would say he's an unofficial leader of the British wrestling scene. I reckon a lot of the boys go up to him um, for advice, any problems, you know, critique. doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. Because, you know, I've been doing it for a long time, but I still want critique. I go to Rampage Brown. I go to anyone, you know. I go to... But Rampage is the guy. The man. And we're lucky we had him for this amount of time, these amount of years. That's cool. When and where was your first match? Uh, 2003. So I, I trained for over a year before I had my first match. And my gimmick was, you know, it was a different time. Uh, so obviously I used my, they, they, <laughs> they gave me a, an Arabian, Arabian gimmick, kind of like Sabu or the Iron Sheik. And um, so I wrestled the Sheik, Shah Hussein, and it was in March 2003. And it was a rounds match. I mean, it was a very traditional rounds match and stuff, like old school British. So that was my first match, yeah, 2003. How did you craft your, your moveset in the early days, Shah? Um, well, I reckon you, my moveset was a lot more I mean, you're starting off because you got to remember, you're still, as, as you're resting, you're resting every week. You're not doing that many shows, but say you're doing, instead of doing like 12 a month, that, that, that is a general consensus now if you're an indie wrestler, right? It's 12 a month. is the, a lot, right? Back then, you're probably, max you're doing is six, six a month, and that's peak, like, if you're busy. But you're still going training, and you're trying new moves out. So your moveset is changing all the time, and especially when you're early on. Then you realise, well, I mean, it's not the moves that are getting over. The moves are not the thing, it's the person doing the move. So I could do any move and you can get the same reaction because it's me doing it. That's what I learned. And I think that's a lesson for everyone. Because people think it's the move that, is, that gets, the, um, gets you over. It's not. It's you, it's you. It's your character. It's the person doing the move. Who did you enjoy facing? Well, early on or just in yeah, general? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go into the more 
present oh, day okay. in a bit. I think, yeah, back back in the early noughties. Well, I, well, I, was, I was mainly a tag team wrestler and because there was a gap in the market, right? So there was no tag teams coming out of the UK. And I, to tell you a phrase, the guy I mentioned before, I tagged with him for about seven years. We, we tagged a lot. So we would, we would tag and it would be us two mainly against guys like Mastiff and um, wrestlers Dave Morales back then and Jack Storm. They were good matches. Uh, this, this is probably early in the, the mm-hmm. careers because, you know, this is before I did ICW, this is before Rev Pro came about, before um, anything big happened. So um, they're the matches I enjoy. I work, enjoy working with guys like Dave Mastiff and Jack Storm. I even worked with Spud a few times. I like working with Spud. It's just like you literally look at all them guys you've listed down, the different styles you can come up yeah. against. I mean, we had a funny match in all. I don't know. I don't know how long you've been a fan. Do you, do you know about Orbiton Hall shows? About two thousand and five, two thousand and six. Orbiton Hall, I'm not very yeah. familiar with. If I'll, I'll be honest, <laughs> there's this one match. It was me and uh, Terry against Spud and Luke Phoenix, and uh, the crowd was packed. I mean, it was one of the busiest shows we've ever done at that time. And for some reason, Terry threw up. He vomited in the match. What's going on here? Why is he? Why is he being sick? Because he was sick, Spud was sick. <laughs> they're sick everywhere. <laughs> I'm not, they're sick all around the ring or outside. Oh they're going to dive into the sick. I'm like, this is insane. But I think, one that, I think this is one of the chants that always stuck with me. We've got a holy sick chant, <laughs> which kind of made me laugh. You know? I've never heard about talent being sick in the ring, Shaw. Uh, I mean, I've been sick. I mean, I, I was, I was injured. I got injured this December at Rev Pro. Um, I did a moonsault, and uh, unfortunately, I missed. I uh, missed <laughs> the intended targets, and because I hurt, my, I hurt myself. It was such a shock. You, you're sick, you know. So that that was that was. It happens, man. A lot of people hide it as well, or they're about to be sick, and they they just swallow it. People, it happens. You'd be surprised. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's a, that, that was a different answer for me. That yeah, well, that was uh, yeah. Um, where where else? Like you know, obviously, if we go a bit more present, where yeah, else? Yeah. Where, what other promotions have you wrestled for? And then obviously some of the guys that have, you've really enjoyed facing. If we go more present, well, well, that was what I was talking about was previous. Right now, my favourite opponent's Grado. We're, we're like we're meant to wrestle all the time. And that's because of ICW. ICW. Um, I started working in 2014, and they're one of the top promotions. I mean, they were peak then. I mean, other people realise how big they were. I mean, they still are. They're still a big deal, but they were huge. They were around Scotland. They were big. We drew 7,000, you know, at a venue. We, that, is, that is a big time. Yeah, so uh, working great. I love tagging with Jack Jester, which, is, which I do now. Um, I love that so much. Working Rev Pro obviously um, is huge. I mean, they give me a lot of big matches, a lot of big opportunities um, on the New Japan shows. Because I worked for Rev Pro, it made me be able to work for Ring of Honor in York Hall. Um, so I got to thank Andy Corbin, he's given me a lot of opportunities. Same with Mark Dallas for ICW, them two. Our two promoters that have really had my back. Flutter is another one for PCW, a lot of good fun for him. I mean, well, I mean, there's so many places, but I'd say they're the top three that really looked after me. Is wrestling fixed? I didn't know it was broken. This is Bill Apter, 
And in my book titled, Is Wrestling Fixed? I Didn't Know It Was Broken, you can find out all the backstage stories. What is Vince McMahon really like? What's Triple H really like? How about my relationship through the years with Ric Flair, The American Dream, Jerry, The King Lawler, and much more? Go right now to Amazon.com or any place you buy your books and look for Is Wrestling Fixed? I Didn't Know It Was Broken by Bill Apter. See you at the matches. GTG, often imitated, but never duplicated. You can a brawl at the shoulder, narrowed at the hip. No other promotion. Give us any lip. We the best of the best. The beast of the east. S-O-S, simply out of sight. GTG. When he said, good times going to Right, keeping it topical, present. What was it like? Doing World of Sport on ITV, the reboot. How was that for you? Oh, right. This, oh, this good. I like, I like this question because uh, it got slagged. People, had, people slagged it and everyone has their opinion. And uh, we, 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 we're, first and foremost, we're wrestlers. We know if something's not good. And there's, sometimes, there's, sometimes there's things that we're not in power of being able to take control of. But just realise the achievement that was. Yeah, yeah. We managed to get British wrestling on, on ITV. The same channel that has the X Factor. Britain's got talent. Good morning, Britain. You know what I mean? That was huge. Huge for British wrestling. Um, that first pilot was amazing. December 2016, New Year's Eve. Filming that was... Uh, and I thought that was an amazing show. I got slagged for the camera scenes. But again, what we didn't realise was... that te- On ITV... You can't have certain. You can't show certain amount of strikes to the head because it's, 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 you know, what I mean, it's, it's they're yeah. aiming it at children. And, but we wasn't told this, so all the edits and the cutaways was because they couldn't show what was going on in the ring. But I thought the pilot was amazing. It had an amazing roster. Um, it was we had JR working. Um, it was at, a, at a Media City in Manchester, which was uh, phenomenal to do and to stay there for a couple of days. Um, so that was. The series was great as well, but I don't think, I mean, the experience wasn't as good as the pilot in respect was because we're filming 10 episodes in three days, and <laughs> which was hard. Um, it was also, they had the show set out and mapped out and there wasn't much room for us to be like, that doesn't make sense. Do this. We should be doing this. And also, who the fuck are we in, in general set to tell an ITV executive, this is how you should do your television program. I've got no credentials to say. I may be doing wrestling for a long time, but I don't feel like I've got the credentials to go up to someone who's been doing TV for a long amount of time and say, I think this is not good. I don't think this will work. Um, but, you know, not going to have no, no power in that respect. Because there's still stuff we was asked to do. I was like, oh, that's... If they're trying to attract wrestling fans, wrestling fans won't like this. But maybe they know what they're doing because they're trying to attract a different audience, you know? The... the Britain's Got Talent audience, the X Factor audience. I think that was the the goal. I held, I'll hold my hands up with the camera, Steph. I'll hold yeah. my hands up. I, I was, yeah. I was critical of it, but when I read it, that, was, it was as well because it was annoying. It ruins the yeah. flow. As a show, from a fan standpoint, now not a worker standpoint, yeah. superb. But when I found out that ITV were producing it. Yeah. That's when I knew then, right, this isn't someone wrestling. They're being told, uh, they're being stiffed. Yeah, it was a we had no, um, we had no say. We just, yeah. Well, they paid up. It's, like, it's their show, you know. As much as it was an achievement, but we felt like, look, if we can just do what they say and work hard, and on this first series, 
if we get a second series, which we were under the impression we're only about we do about five of these, right? We're gonna if we, we, we do well in this first series, maybe they'll trust us and listen to us more. So in the second series, people like, mate, do this, do that. We'll get more confidence in that respect. And the ratings, you know, we get slagged for the ratings. This is what makes me laugh. But we're getting a million a week. Yeah. Right? A million a week on, 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 on um, the TV show. Yeah. Plus the, um, um, yeah. the iPlayer or the ITV Hub. Um, we've got emails every week. Right, it's got, the lowest we did weekly was 800,000. Now, let me ask you this. There's two wrestling shows that have a, having a ratings war right now in America with four times as many people in their country. Mm-hmm. And everyone's doing this to them for their ratings, but we're crushing them, you know? But we get slagged off for our ratings. It doesn't make sense to me. I reckon fans wanted want to hate this, no matter what. Uh, which is fine, you know? If, if they, I mean, it was aimed at um, the, the fans that we had garnered in British wrestling because I reckon they really wanted to get that mainstream family kind of butlins haven yeah. um um you know kind of cheesy audience that love x factor that go to dancing on ice you know they, they, they want yeah, that, they yeah. want that and i felt like wrestling fans uh have all the rest in the world they've got independent wrestling they've got wwe they've got new japan um not every wrestling needs to be catered towards them that makes sense so it, doesn't, it shouldn't have mattered to them that this wasn't their cup of tea. I just didn't think it was nice that they were so vocal about slagging it. Because <laughs> it wasn't nice to see. And it, cause no, it's, no. It, and it, even to this day, I, I feel like I get reservations about posting about it because I'm, I'm proud of it. Because, like I said to you, getting from where we started, I remember wrestling in front of four people and a dog. Right? From that to wrestling on ITV in front of millions of people, potentially is a big, big, beautiful story and an achievement for British wrestling. And we can never, the people on the pilot and the people on the series can never really truly celebrate that because as soon as you tweet a picture or a throwback Thursday or whatever, people will slag it, you know? I mean, I think I tweeted about the Backpool show because a fan, I I spoke about this on on the podcast in Grado, and I was very open and honest as I am am now with you. And um, someone, this tweet, said he was at the Blackpool show and he said it was amazing. And I was like, thank you. I'm quote tweeting that and I'm going to show the footage from that show to show people how great it was and could have been. So it's a shame it, nothing um, happened, more happened. Who knows what yeah, they've yeah. got to the show. They could come back in a couple of years with another, with another series, yeah. you never know. It's but cool. I don't think, if it wasn't for them doing that pilot, I mean, I always think WWE had plans to expand in every single as many countries as they can, in Japan, in Mexico, wherever, all around Europe, they're going to put NXTs. I think that was always the plan. But I reckon when they saw ITV put that pilot on, they accelerated that plan. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We, we, you know what I mean? It sparked a match. Yeah, yeah. Which is good for the scene. And it's good for... Yeah, and it's good because a lot of my friends, a lot of my close, close friends, a lot of my best friends work, for the, um, work there now. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that people are making a living at this and doing well. Yeah, they, and you know, long may it continue. I just think like it had more, it had more legs in it that show. And like yeah. you're saying, if it was hitting eight hundred thousand to a million, yeah. and that the was the lowest. Like, I mean, like it was yeah. a million. Yeah, that was yeah. the average. If, the if, first episode got with the pilot got one point six million, right? Yeah, that's more people watched that than than uh, uh, what's it called WrestleMania. Yeah, 
That's mental. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you that see is, it like that, yeah. But then, and then our first, the first episode back, the series, but 1.2, which is still, still good. Then from there, it fluctuated between 800 and a million. Then so on average, it was a million a week, 10 weeks. Viewing, viewing has changed with the advent of internet. It's a total, yeah. it's a total different ball game now. Your, your figures, there's that much stuff you can watch now. Um, you know, even like soaps, soaps don't get what they used to get. Grab your phone, just grab your phone and you're watching something. Yeah. It's not necessarily TV. It's and you can record shows. So if you wanted to record a wrestling show, that doesn't count towards the ratings. So if, if another 100,000 people recorded that episode, it doesn't count towards the ratings. Which is daft. You know? Yeah. It should be so, taken into consideration. We don't know the true number. I mean, we don't know the true number. I was watching an old video shot. And I'd never seen it before. This is me doing my research and my bits yeah. and bobs that I do. And it was a video review on Good Morning Britain. Now, I didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't see it. But you're on there with El Ligero And you're and on Zach there with uh, good old Zach Gibson. And oh, it did make me chuckle, man. It was good. Oh, good. Well, that was funny, right? It's when, uh, there's another funny story. Like, I'm nervous about doing this. Like, you, want me to go, you want me to go Good Morning Britain? And like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm nervous. It's live. It's early morning. I might swear. You just never know. And I remember Gregredo's done a lot of TV. He goes, get in there. As soon as you get into that building, be loud, have a laugh with the camera guys, the makeup ladies, and it'll just, they, they will laugh. And they'll give you confidence to go out there. And it works. So I just got in there with, oh, yeah, I'm Shah Samuels, high-fiving the camera guys, flying with the makeup ladies. I think Diversity were there. No dance group, Diversity. Yeah. Tour or something. And a little one with the afro was there. And I was like, hello, mate. You all right? How are you? And, then, and he, had a little, he had a laugh with me as well. So that was fun. And we did this show. And it's all impromptu. We've not prepared anything. So they end up, up doing a kick. Legero did a kick on, on Gibson. He landed in the Christmas tree, which was quite funny. But what I found funny was I, I ended up kicking off with the weatherman. I don't know if it's in the clip on YouTube. Me and the weatherman started kicking off with each other. And that was a, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. I got a lot of great feedback with that. So the nerves dissipated like... When yeah. You, yeah. As soon as I'm loud, nerves go. Because, you know, even, even before a match, you, you get nervous. You need something to take the nerves away. And I think being loud, being my gimmick, it kind of takes the nerves away. You get what I mean? So I'm not... You know, I'm loud, but I'm not, you know, that big Larry person I, you know, portray. Crank it up to 11, Shaw, when you're yeah, wrestling. Sometimes 30. <laughs> <laughs> right. I thought 11. I thought 11 yeah, would be yeah, high. No, no. Way up higher. There's yeah. more numbers than 11. We'll, we'll call it. That's my new thing, that now. When I'm loud and the missus is bollocking me, I'm on 30. Yeah, yeah I'm on 30. It'll be over her head. It'll be over her head, <laughs> right? But yeah, well, I'll try it. Right. Which guys in the UK scene, in the, in the present, do you yeah. think are destined for greatness that haven't quite... Got um, there, yeah. Well, these, these, a lot of these guys, right. So, Rampage Brown, first of all. Yeah. I reckon Joe Coffey. Yeah. Phenomenal. Niam Dar. I mean, they're, I mean, they're already in WWE, but I reckon they're going to, you know, yeah. get propelled themselves um, to the top. Yeah. Kenny Williams. I don't know if you're aware of Kenny Williams. He works for yeah, the yeah. UK as well. Seen a lot He's going to be a big star. I and mean, I've always been a big fan of him. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Down south. Uh, OJMO, love him. He's gonna be phenomenal. He's gonna be phenomenal. Um, I'm a big fan of um, Kafka. Do you know Kafka? Who's that, mate? Kafka he works down south. 
his name's Cathcart. He works down south. No, I've thought that's a fierce. Uh, he's, a, he's a good worker. He's going to be good. Great character. Unbelievable charisma. Um, who else is there? Uh, there's a tag team called the NIC. You know them? They work for Progress. They're great. Oh. Connor Mills, great. I mean, they're, 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 these are just a lot of young guys. I mean, I've only got to know them. I mean, the first batch of names I've known for many, many years. But the, the second batch, Mojo Mo Down, I know them because I started teaching at Knuckle Locks. And I've got to know them working more shows down south. And they're going to be there's a lot of great talent coming through. A lot of great talent. That, that's a good, good array. Obviously, I knew... I knew most of them, to be fair. It was just yeah. that last couple, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, a lot of them aren't only, only a year or two years in. Yeah. Right. OJMO, um, yeah. you're not the first person. A lot of people, yeah. a lot of the guys, a lot of the young kids that are training and doing shows up in North yeah. Wales and the Northwest, yeah. they are raving about OJMO. Hey, he's phenomenal. He's absolutely... I mean, I've never seen... I'm a big fan of, like, selling. Right? As a babyface... You take a beating, you got to be selling, right? He wrestled Pac, right, for Rev Pro. And my God, it was 30 minutes, right? It's 30 minute time limit. This is why I love that Rev Pro brought back time limits because it added so much drama. So they've started up slow. Everyone's going, Pac's going to win this. Pac's going to win this. Pac's winning this. 15 minutes. Pac's still going to win this. OJ Mullins, a little comeback, getting beaten. Now they're on like 29 minutes, right? It's, like, it's going to be a draw. Crowd's going crazy. And he's doing this saying, can you hang on? Can you hang on for a minute? Gets the win. What Pat gets the win. One, two, three. But that drama at the last minute, it was like, one minute remaining, one minute remaining. The crowd wanted, like, it was a beautiful, beautiful match. And he ended up winning the, um, the Super J, with the, the British uh, J Cup for Rev Pro. It was good. He recently won the Rev Pro Cruiserweight Championship. Um, he's had a lot of big matches for Progress. I mean, I know I don't work for Progress, but I know... He's been involved in matches with Water and uh, stuff. He had a match with Eddie Dennis, I believe, recently, which is meant to be really, really good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's had a good match. I saw him have a good match with uh, Robbie X as well. Robbie X, another great guy. Incredible. Incredible. Max, Adam Max, like, these are coming to me now. Adam Max says another guy is going to be yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Nathan Cruz is one of the best professional wrestlers we have in the UK. Don't, I'm sorry, I don't know why I still mentioning him. I mean, there's a lot, but there's so much talent. I mean, all... we're talking about... We're talking about, oh, there's, there's, there's enough talent for um, two shows. We've got enough talent here to have three proper wrestling brands. Easily. Yeah. If you had NXT UK, if IC World of Sport come back, and one more for good luck, we can, we can have, fill out three decent rosters easily in this country. I it's mean, just, they're, all, they're all distinctive. All them guys are distinctive yeah. and original as well. And that, agree. that's the key. It's standing out, isn't it? Because we've seen so many gimmicks over the year. It's standing out. And like you say, they're all standing out. And everyone knows who out. they are. Like you said, like Nathan Cruz knows, knows who he is. Yeah. And he goes out there and knows what he has to do. And he's uh, just phenomenal worker. And I don't know if I mentioned my tag partner, Jack Jester. Right? You've got to get I mean, Jack in there, man. Yeah, Jack, Jack Jester. I love Legends. him to bits. Love him to bits. And he's, he's under, I reckon he's underrated and underappreciated. He's been there a long, long time as well. And people see, um, you know, you know, his eccentric gimmick he used to do. Oh, he's done a few hardcore matches, but he's the people understand he doesn't do garbage matches. He's the hardcore matches that he did made sense. There was a story behind them, and he made he made them more impactful. He did barbed wire match with Drew um, McIntyre. I mean, and, in Glasgow one time, and it wasn't just silly bumps. It made sense. It was such a beautiful, beautiful match. And now me tagging with Jester. 
and he had such a serious gimmick, and I had this serious gimmick. And when we tagged together, now we do, we're, we, we're doing well with the old comedy. Let's just put it like that. And we never thought we could. And we bring that out of each other. And that's, I reckon that's added another dynamic to my wrestling. And I know that I've got something in my back pocket. If I need to be funny, I'm confident enough I could be funny. And that's because of Jack Jester. He's made, he, brought, he brought something out of me in that respect. So I cannot mention Jack Jester. Hey, you've got to mention him. I owe him a lot. And he's a that's cool. such a phenomenal talent. And he deserves all the success. And I hope he gets it. Yeah, man. They, I tell you what, that was a blessing in a lot of ways, Drew getting released and ending up back in the UK and obviously did well on Impact, didn't he? What mm. great, it was great for the guys coming through wrestling, Drew, wasn't it, yeah. when he came back? Mate, it wasn't for Drew. Drew's, so 2014, he comes back, right? We're on the verge of this boom, this boom, right, in the UK. We all worked hard and now he was the one thing we were missing because we needed him he worked everywhere, anywhere and everywhere. He worked with everyone and anyone. And he made you, he pulled you up to his level. He was like, in hindsight, I know this, that's the, kind of like how Flair was in the 80s. If you, if you wasn't that good, on the night you worked Flair, you were good. But if you weren't good, but the night you worked Drew, you were good. Because Drew would make you work. I remember I worked him a couple of times. And it's no bracket experience. He's an intense guy to work. And you just know... He's that much better than ever. He's the world champion. He's the WWE champion right now. Of course, he's the man. But when he... Um, what was I going to say? So when, when you would work him, he would bring you up. And once he brings you up, you drop a little bit, but you're still kind of more up than you was. So every time you wrestle Drew, you're better than you, you were before you wrestled him. So that carried on. And he wrestled everyone. So everyone's game elevated because of Drew. Got a funny story to tell you here. So yeah. I was at uh, WrestleMania Fan Access... Yeah. And it was uh, 29, so it was 2013. Um, he was a part of 3MB, I think. Was that New York, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was the yeah, first, yeah. One at, first one at MetLife. And he was doing a signing, and they did it at the arena that year. They mm. put, like, tiered stuff in the seating, and they did the convention there. Drew right. is there. Drew's there in his Rangers top. <laughs> yeah, I, go rooting, I go rooting around in my wallet, because I didn't have anything. There was no paper to sign on his desk. I don't oh. know why. I pull out my Everton fan card. <laughs> I was like, Drew, you've got to sign it, mate. He was, he was yeah. laughing. I had him laughing. I was like, Drew, this is all I've got. And I've lost the bloody <laughs> fan card. It'll probably worth a few quid now. Oh, that would be good. It'll be what a, such a unique thing to get signed, yeah, yeah Everton card. Uh, That's funny. I thought he was going to say no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what advice do you have for, for new talent coming through? Um, what what um, are Sharp Samuels' veteran yeah. tips? Uh, patience. Patience yeah. is key. Resting is a marathon. It's not a sprint. See what annoys me, right? People see people get people see other people get these opportunities. They're like, "What about me?" And they get disheartened and they get yeah. bitter. They get jealous. They get angry. Mm-hmm. Don't you don't want that inside of you? You don't want to be. You, don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Just worry about yourself. Because there's always make ways to make you get better. And if you work hard and you be patient, you will get an opportunity. Because I'm saying, obviously, the reason I'm saying is be patient. We all have to wait. 12, 13 years to we had a big match that got any kind of, you know, publicity, you know? That, you know so we, you had, if we weren't patient, if we all just went, I sod this, sod this, we wouldn't get anywhere. So, so I use it, OJ Moe is a guy, I'm not saying this is happening, so if some, a young wrestler sees him, he's like, I'll be doing it the same amount of times as him, why am I not getting the opportunities he's getting? Mm. Be patient, all right? Be patient because your opportunity will come. Everyone gets a crack at the whip. 
And it's up to you when that time comes, you, you're the one that's got to perform and make sure your, you know, your time comes. So just be patient is pretty much. Everyone gets an opportunity in this job. Sound advice. Do you know what? I'll even take, I'll take that in with, um, I know it's a separate thing. I'll take yeah. this with my podcast as well. Yeah, mate, you should, because, you know what, another thing, consistency, right, sometimes, even if, like, you know, if you, put on, if you do a bad episode, still publish it. Be consistent with it, because if you do this weekly, 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 or whenever you do, whenever you do your podcast, I mean, it, is, it is weekly, right? At the moment, mate, just obviously yeah. with how things yeah. are. Try and yeah. keep it up. I mean, like, even if you, like, always try and be consistent with your content, because if you're... That's why I learned when I did Mug of the Week, right? Even sometimes I didn't have no topic. I just have to fucking pluck one from my head because I knew I had to put one out there because I said, I'm doing it every Tuesday. So if, even if you haven't got a guest, do a 15-minute video rounding up what's going on in wrestling or your views on wrestling. Then now get, the more even you, you do a show by yourself without a wrestler, just speak for 15 minutes on a show. If you haven't got a guest, it's just an idea. Yeah, yeah. Then, you, you, then you'll always have content out there and yeah. you'll build your podcast brand. You know, that's, it's patience, man. It might take a few years, you know, for you to get as big as you want to get doing yeah. this. There's I'm legs not, in it, mate. You know, I'm not arrogant or anything like that. I'm down to earth. Yeah. I'm, I'm grounded. Um, yeah. What I'm finding is, obviously, at the moment, especially, it's saturated because everyone's off work. Mate. There's mate, every, mate. Totally agree. Every person. And you knew, I knew it was coming. And you, I've only mm. been doing mine since last January, so I'm 18 months yeah. in. Um, but they'll 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 go they'll be gone once we're all yeah back to that's what I mean you got that's right another thing I'm, it's going to sound bad but resting as well I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of guys quit because there's going to be a time resting now when wrestling comes back we're not going to have fans we're going to have to rely from it's going a lot of them will be streamed I got the feeling they're going to be streamed on YouTube and we're going to depend on donations from people or they're going to be pay per view events as in the streaming live that's the that's the next phase of wrestling right. So I reckon a lot of a lot of the guys maybe ain't ready for wrestling in front of nobody, so they'll drift off. So the the, the strong will survive. And if you committed and you want this, like you said, you, you know people are going to drop this off because it's just a stopgap for them to do something while they're in lockdown. But if you've done this before lockdown, chances are you're going to do it after lockdown. You know, I reckon people will drift off and stop. But mate, I'm not going to lie to you. I even thought about doing a podcast. Yeah, you can do one. You could. You could definitely do one because you've got character. Yeah, I mean, I thought about it, but, mate, this is like, again, I just know, like, I, I wouldn't want to commit to it without... No, no. I'd like to commit to it, you know, because, like you said, like, like yourself, you've, got, you've invested in that mic you, you got there. Yeah. You know what you're doing. You, you, you do your research all week, you know. I can't really... I mean, as much as I'd like to talk and stuff, I reckon I'm, I'm a better guest. Yeah. Than I would be. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, What I'm saying is, I had the idea of doing a podcast because I was doing nothing. Mm -hmm. you know so I reckon you're right a lot of the guys will fade off but if you stick with it mate sky's the limit we're doing alright you know we're, we're in the yeah. we're in the we're in the top we're in the top 100 on Apple in that's the UK that's a big achievement man how many podcasts are there there's now? thousands mate it's ridiculous are you in the top 100 Austin right? Austin Bruce Pritchard um, yeah. Sean Mooney's does well on there so it's I all the American ones yeah. I listen to podcasts every night before I go to bed. I used to watch TV, but I put a podcast on my phone. I mean, I mean, yesterday was I put J, JR's, JR's one. Brilliant. On. I, I, watched, I like Grinning JR, Jim Cornette's, um, uh, both of Jim Cornette's, uh, obviously Bruce Pitchers. 
I like Ian Anderson's one. Ian Anderson's one, especially yeah. the, the one that answers questions every week. It's interesting, and I reckon that's, you know, podcasting's great, and I reckon it's such a, it is the future of all entertainment. And that's another thing, I got into watching Joe Rogan during lockdown on YouTube and stuff. So, which, I can see why podcasting has to cough, because it is, no, there's no restraints. No one's telling us what to say. Like, you're asking me questions, but no one's in your ear going, ask this question, go down this road. It's your creative freedom, and it's my creative freedom to answer your question. And that's what makes podcasting really good. And you release the videos, obviously, as well. Yeah, it's an open forum. It's an open forum, sure. To the YouTube, which is really, this is what makes it stand out as well. Because I prefer watching the the Joe Rogan podcast. Or um, there's another one called The Fighter and the Kid. Have you heard of that one? I haven't heard of that. It's it's good. It's funny, right? It's the two guys in the chair. One used to be in MMA um, in the UFC. and, and And... I'd rather watch that than listen to it. So people would like, again, I know you're posting them. Be consistent with it. Keep posting them. Yeah. It takes time, you know. Like I put my mug of the weeks on YouTube and they do well on Twitter. I don't do well on YouTube, but still put them on there. Because one day, if it takes off, mate, people yeah. will look at your, your archive. That's it, man. Yeah. Sure. I've got a closing yeah. out question that I've told right. you about. I told you about this on Twitter previous. You did, you did. You messaged me. <laughs> Richard, Richard Young. Youngie. B- oh, I know Richard Young, yeah. BWR. Now, you, mate, were a bit oh, mate, worse. Can I be honest about that show? I can't remember that show. Oh, I, was, I had a few, a few, you know, cocktails. You know, hold on first. What do you want me to do? <laughs> he, said, he said you just wanted to sleep. Apparently, and he said you're worse for wear. So I said, I've got to ask him. I've got to ask him. I said, I know Shah will answer me. Yeah. Oh, it's just, oh, it's just laughing. Oh, he made me laugh. I was just, yeah. Oh, he's, man, doing, was... he's doing a podcast with Steve Knight. It's really good. Is he? Yeah. I mean, actually, Steve Knight messaged me, um, I think more or less at the start of lockdown. And then I think the start, of, I think, no, just before the start of lockdown, about March, this one wasn't really taking the well. And I really spoke about the injury and stuff. Um, so I, I didn't really I said, like, nah I'm not really interested but maybe I, you know I have a lot of respect for Steve Knight a lot of respect for Steve yeah. Knight he's a very knowledgeable guy actually when I was a, well, a trainee still it's resting but still a trainee he was working for the FWA Steve Knight and I think he was the first professional wrestler I've ever seen in the UK that was just genuinely entertaining funny hilarious you know so a lot, a lot of time for Steve Knight. And he's a great mind. Like, and it, I guess, unfortunately, there's a lot of guys. There's a, I think the generation just before us. The, I know my generation, all the guys get a lot of the praise for how well British wrestling is doing. But it, it's not fair to the guys that before us. I'm talking about the guys, Robbie Brookside. Huge, huge reason why we're doing so well. Um, Brookside. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, Doug Williams. Incredible. Incredible Johnny guy. Storm. Yeah. Johnny Storm, um, you know, and I felt Mark Sloan's another guy. It was very important. Yeah, yeah. Member Sloan, yeah. very well. Yeah. And it's just like, they, I felt like, Stephen Knight's in that, in that group as well. They just missed it. They, they, they're still, they still part of it. They're still part of the scene. But I feel like they're the true heroes because they're the guys that just started before us and truly cleared away all the shit and path, made a path for us to sprint down and run with it. I mean, especially uh, Doug Williams is the um, Doug, Johnny, and Jody are the three guys. And Roy Brookside got a frame in that. James Mason's another guy. These guys are so important to British wrestling and British wrestling history. 
because they truly stuck with it. They were in a darker time than us. But the reason I say uh, it was, we saw it bad, because they at least still had all-star. They had the Butlins run, they had the camps. They still they were very busy, whereas we didn't have an indie scene, to, you know, in, you know, quote, unquote, you know. But they, they, they're, sorry, they're the true heroes. But they, they, they passed the baton to us, and we took it as well. You know, we ran with it. That's, that's nice. That was a nice answer, that, mate. Paying yeah. homage to the... I'll know, pay homage, man. Generation always pay before. homage to the people before you. You know? Because yeah. if you... Same, same with you in the podcast, man. It's got to be someone you inspired you to be like, oh. right, I'm doing a podcast. You know, you got... You know, all the... Because the people before you got a podcast motivated you to do it. You always got to say thanks to them. If it wasn't for them, you wouldn't be there with that mic right now. So it's the same with us. You've got to pay respect to the guys before. Sure. Last, lastly, just to close out, it's not a question, just yeah. something you can do for me, for, for no. the editor. Uh, plug, okay. your so, plug the socials, mate. And yeah. if you've got merchandise available, plug it, plug away. Okay, so you want to just reel off on my social media? Yeah. All right, you can find me at Shaw Samuels on Twitter, on Instagram, facebook.com slash Samuels UK. And if you want to support me, I know times are tough. SharSamuels.BigCartel.com I've got t-shirts I've got side pictures I've got all sorts even got stickers eh? You want stickers of my ugly mug around your ass? Go on SharSamuels.BigCartel.com Like Dell Boy <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's my next gimmick <laughs> Tell you what Just a shame it was filmed in Bristol Breaks me up mate Breaks me up <laughs> What a show Right yeah. The East End Butcher Thank you very much, Randy Stu. Good luck with everything. Oh, Samuels. And you know what? Once you take off, you have me back on your show. All right? Oh, well, I'll, hey, yeah. no, no problem. Hey? A big thank you to Stephen Ash and Ed Dowling for producing the track. It's Stu's Wrestling Podcast, The Theme. So thank you very much for that, lads. Much appreciated. Love it. It fits really well. So cheers. Thanks to you. Big thank you to Mike Angus for the show intro, as always. Superb, superb. Chris Dutton, thank you very much for editing once again. Appreciate it, buddy. And also to Lee, who does my website. Lee puts the stuff up on the website. Without you guys, I'd be screwed. So once again, as always, appreciate everything you do for me and the time you spend doing the things you do for me. It means a lot, guys. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.